Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax, and it is a pleasure to be with you today as we discover our most powerful but underutilized asset. Rod Bourne is the founder and the lead ninja of Downset Lead, a strategic consulting group focused on helping organizations grow their business and people through coaching, training, and mentoring. So, Rod, share with us a memorable experience from your formative years. Well, I hadn't thought about this, Alan, until you mentioned it in our prep, but it's something that makes me laugh. I love art. And fortunately, I had two parents who kind of encouraged me to do whatever it was that I was interested in. And when I was young, and I'm talking anywhere from three years on up through, you know, whenever, I loved coloring and painting. And your question reminded me of, like I said, something I hadn't thought of in a while. I would spend hours coloring freehand. I wouldn't use coloring books, just freehand, whatever I felt like. And then... I don't know what spurred me on, but I thought I could earn money doing this. And so I literally put all of the drawings that I had made. And I had a stack, Alan. I had a stack. I can remember putting them in a large plastic bag and going around my neighborhood door to door, trying to sell my drawings. And I honestly don't know if I sold any. I may have sold a few to a couple of you know, warm-hearted neighbors, but that was my entrance, I guess, into entrepreneurialism. Well, that took a lot of courage for a young fellow to do. So what a way to start out. So tell us about what you mean when you say that your success is for you to define. Yeah, I think that it's really important for everybody to realize that while we're being bombarded, with lots and lots and lots of messages. We get all kinds of stuff over our phone. I was given a presentation the other day, and as I was doing my research for it, I noticed that we came across a study that was done just this past year that said that over half of us spend five to six hours on our phone doing non-business-related stuff. Another 22% spends three to four hours. And we get an awful lot of messaging as to what's going on, We see a lot of people putting themselves out there as to how great their life is or what they should be. And I think that in all honesty, it creates a lot of internal questioning and suffering. And I believe that each person knows what they ultimately want to be, meaning what makes them happy to be in a good place with themselves, to feel in the flow of things. And I think that the best thing that you can do is kind of drop all that crap that we see, whether it's on our phone, on TV, you hear it on the radio, or wherever we're getting those messages, and to find out, to be honest with ourselves, and to find out who we are, and then to grow ourselves personally and professionally. And there are a multitude of ways to do that successfully, I think. Yeah, it doesn't really surprise me that people are spending that much time on their phones. And I'm assuming that a good part of that is probably on social media. 
I know how just how easy it is to go into Facebook and just scroll through that and just read all those ridiculously stupid messages. I have found myself doing that for hours at a time. And I look at my watch and I go, oh, God, all of the things I could have been doing. Exactly. We can go down rabbit holes. That, that was actually one of the things that we talked about the other day was, uh, you know, being true to yourself means don't look for purple squirrels. And that goes back to my human resources days when I would have managers walk into my office and say, okay, I need this. And they, I said, well, give me more detail. And they would, you know, describe things and, you know, I want this and this and this and this. And I was like, you're looking for a purple squirrel. And a purple squirrel is something that pretty much doesn't exist. And then the other thing we we're talking about was the how easy it is, especially if your DNA is like mine, where it's easy to go down rabbit holes. And the example I gave my audience was that as I was putting that presentation together, I was looking for a picture of a rabbit hole. And then I found a movie that was called Rabbit Hole and it had Nicole Kidman in it. I love Nicole Kidman. So, so there I started going down myself. I had to stop after a couple of months. I was like, physician, heal thyself. Yes. And a few months ago, I just kind of put an end to it. And I just refused to go on to Facebook, except for just very, very rare occasions that I go in there for a specific purpose and I get out of there. That's the only way I can deal with it. I mean, it just is so consuming. And I don't understand. I don't truly psychologically understand how come it has that much power? But it is just amazing. I think the creators, they did their homework, Alan. They know the algorithms. I mean, it's addictive. It is literally addictive. And that's what they've figured out. And they've suckered you, me, and everybody else into it. And, and like you said, you leave those sessions feeling rotten about yourself, not just because of the time you've wasted, but most of the messaging there is so negative in one way, shape, or form. And like you say, we're taking in those messages. So tell us, let's go into this aspect here. What do we do about this? How do we tap into our greatest resource, the powers within us, and how do we continue to replicate those? So one of the things that the most meaningful question to me, Alan, that I ever came across was about 20 years ago, I was reading a book that was a book of 100 questions. And on each page was a different question. And one question came up that really made me think. And the question was, compared to 99 other people your age, how successful are you? So essentially, it's asking you to put yourself on continuum 1 to 100. How successful are you? Well, obviously, it creates a problem because you have to define what. How do you define success? And that's different for everybody. Your definition of success for you is different than my definition and everybody who's listening to this. But you get through that and you're like, okay, I have in my mind what success is. Where am I on that continuum? And for my age, I was thinking, okay, well, I've been both lucky and successful and I'm doing okay. There are certainly many people who are doing better than me, whose shoes I would rather be in. And I came down, I was like, okay, I'll give myself like 72, 73. I'm doing pretty good, but I'm not great yet. Like a C minus. And then it made me think, well, what if I wanted to get up into the 90s? What would I do? And then I started thinking, well, who's in the 90s that I know? And there were people that 
I saw, but not really knew. But I did know people who were in the 80s, in my opinion. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to start just kind of watching them and seeing what they're doing, what makes them so good at being a father, a husband, a coach, whatever it is. And maybe I'll just ask them, how is it that you're so good at what you're doing? And that's what led me on the journey that I've been on ever since. And that is helping people fulfill what they ultimately can be, both personally and professionally. And that is essentially to find an informal mentor. And it's a system that everyone can use, regardless of where you put yourself on that spectrum. You can find someone and create an informal mentorship and develop yourself, grow yourself and become happier and happier as you're going down through this journey. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtucker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. So finding this mentor, I have kind of lived my life just ad hoc and at the moment. And as I've grown older here, defining things has become more important and it serves me much better than just kind of flying by the seat in my pants here. So can you define for us really how it is that we can, I think before we really can hone in on a mentor, we need to know really where it is that we want to go. Yeah. So how can we define that? How can we hone in on what it is that we really want. Because I, I mean, I'm just thinking here as we're talking through this conversation, there's so many directions I want to go and would love to go. Yeah. But it's just not going to be practical to go all of those different directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the questions that I ask a lot when I'm coaching people is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you can ask anybody that. You know, I like to use humor in, you know, as I'm working with people. And that's a fun way of saying, okay, what are you going to do with your life? And it doesn't matter whether you're asking that to a 15-year-old, a 25-year-old, a 35-year-old, 45-year-old, 55-year-old, 65-year-old. What do you want to be when you grow up? Okay. And it's just a fun way of saying, what looks sexy to you? What do you want to do next? Where would you like to be? Regardless of how long it takes to get there. And what you need to do is, again, kind of get that clutter that we find on social media out of our way and really think about what makes you happy. When are you happiest? What are those moments? Some of them are embarrassing to us. You know, well, I'm a geek. I really enjoy anime, watching it, drawing it, you know, whatever. Or I'm happiest when I'm on my bike alone or happiest when I'm on my bike in a large group or happiest when I'm on a bike and I'm in a race. I mean, any of those things, okay? Pick one and let's just run a quick little experiment. So listeners, what makes you really happy when you think about it and when you're doing it, you're just like, it might be a guilty pleasure, but you know, I might be embarrassed if everybody knew that I did this, but this is really where I'm happiest. And you pick that. It really is, Alan, kind of shedding fear because I think fear keeps most of us 
locked in and keeps us from being what we could ultimately be, the greatness that's within us all. That grace that's been bestowed on us, you know, there's so much potential and just knocking the fear away. And that, again, is why mentors are so important is because they give you the courage they give you the confidence to break through whatever your fear is so that you can be more like them. And you say that we need to find an informal mentor. So once we've honed in on the direction we want to go, how do we go about finding the mentor? Right. And informal only means that you're not in a formal program. One of the things that I do is I run formal mentoring programs for companies. I don't do the mentoring myself. I just kind of administer it. And it's really awesome if you find yourself in that situation, but not a lot of companies can afford the time and or money or believe that it's worth it. But informal means that you are creating a relationship with someone where you're putting yourself in a learning situation. So going back to the example where, okay, I'm at 73%. And you had a great question. There are lots of aspects for our life, Rod. So so how do we play this? So pick one, okay? I want to be a better father, better spouse, whatever it is. So so if I want to be a better father, and this actually happened, I'm giving you a, a real example. I have a friend named Jeff, who in my eyes was and is an awesome dad. He also has two kids like I do. And when we were together one time, I said, Jeff, I was was like, what's your magic here? And he just kind of laughed and was like, what do you mean? I said, you know, it's obvious that you really, really enjoy the time you spend with your kids and they enjoy the time with you. And I don't see you ever getting frustrated. And so what is it that you do? What's your secret sauce? What's your magic? And he just kind of laughed and and he explained his philosophy on parenting. I learned a few things. Not only did I learn from him specifically about how he parents, but I also learned that if I ask questions in a non-threatening way, that I can get information from anybody. Because what's the one thing that people love to talk about themselves, Alan? Themselves. Themselves, yeah. Let's be honest here, folks. We all love talking about ourselves. So, but if you ask someone, you know, hey, Alan, how did you get to be such an awesome podcaster? Chances are nine times out of 10, Alan's going to be, well, hey, you know, here's what I did and here are the bumps that I had and here's what I would avoid. And you definitely want to do this and go talk to that person and everything else. At that moment, you are just a sponge and you're sucking it all up and boom, 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 boom. All the stuff that Alan's telling me about being a podcaster, all the things that Jeff's telling me about being a great parent and you suck them up and you reflect on what they said and say, okay, is that really me? Can I actually do that? And if you decide no, then you just drop that part of it. But there's a strong chance that most of what they say, you're going to want to begin to incorporate in what you're doing in your life. And so you start doing it. You start applying all those things that Jeff taught me about being a good parent. Don't become frustrated. Understand that your kids need to do things. And as they're learning, don't get frustrated because they're learning and you want them to learn and you want them to grow and everything else. And it's these bits of philosophy or whatever. And the magic about this, Alan, is you can do this for any aspect of your life. You can do it in your personal life, for being, like I said, a spouse. You look like you're an awesome husband. Your wife loves everything that you do. What is it that you do? You know, so you can ask it about personal stuff. You can ask it about hobby stuff. You know, how did you become such a great biker? What do you do? What exercises do you do? What courses do you run? What kind of bike do you run? How do you afford awesome bikes like that? Oh, well, Rod, you don't 
right off the bat. You want to find a bike that's good for you and, you know, get this one, then get that one, and then maybe get a bike like this. And professionally as well. So, hey, you're an awesome supervisor. You know, the way that you handle difficult situations, the way you handle difficult people, how do you do that? And the magic, like I said, I found is that because people love to talk about themselves, you ask them nicely and you say, hey, Alan, I love your shows. Would love to learn more about how you pull it off. Could we get together for 30 minutes and a cup of coffee or an adult beverage or just over Zoom? And I can just throw a few questions at you. Again, nine times out of 10, that person's going to say yes. And so you have that conversation over your coffee, your beer, whatever. And you take everything that Jeff said, everything that Alan said, and you start applying it to your life. And then when you've kind of made it into more of a habit, then you go back and you're like, okay, Alan, tell me more. Okay, Jeff, tell me more. And they're like, okay. And they data dump a little bit more. They do a deeper dive and deeper dive and keep recirculating that whole process. After a while, you get to a point, it's like, Okay, I feel as though I'm as good of a parent to my kids that Jeff is to his kids. And now I've maybe moved up from a 73 to a 78. Now, because I went to Jeff, because in my mind, Jeff is like an 83. So now I need to find someone who is maybe six or eight more steps ahead of me now that I'm a 78. And that's how you do it. When I do this training with people, I tell them, write down a number and then think of somebody that is you know, six, eight, 10 steps ahead of you. Don't think of somebody who's 20 steps ahead of you or think of somebody who's in the 90s because it's really tough to emulate someone who's a lot better than you. Emulate someone who's a bit better than you. Learn from them and then go to the next one that is eight to 10 steps above you. And that's how you grow. That's an informal mentorship. And understand that after a while, you're going to learn everything that you can from that person and it'll be time to move on to the next informal mentor. I like how you define a mentor, particularly in the informal context. I don't think I've ever heard anyone really talk to it in that specific way. But as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, I really talk to my mentors every time I do a podcast. And I've never really thought of it in that particular context. But there isn't a podcast that I have that I'm not learning something new each and every time. And also, I was thinking as you were talking about that, in particular, you were talking about Jeff being a mentor to you in the terms of parenting. And I'm thinking Jeff probably never thought of himself as an excellent parent, probably never even thought of himself, certainly not as a teacher or a mentor to other parents. And I wonder how often, you know, we find ourselves in those situations where, you know, there really are people looking up to us and we really have no idea of the fact that we're making impressions on other people in that particular regard. But you brought up another issue. We're not going to have time to go into this, but you had brought up this issue of when it's time to move on, which really brings up that aspect of assessment and particularly self-assessment. And that's not always an easy thing to do. We can be overly critical. It's just not really easy to assess ourselves. But can you just address that just real, real quickly here? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're ready to move on, you're, you know, hopefully you've exposed yourself to even more people who are. Uh, you know, better at whatever it is, parenting or being a better supervisor. The thing that I've found, Alan, is that Jeff, after a while, probably figured out, okay, Rod's really pumping me for information on how to be a better parent. A good mentor, a good person is going to eventually figure out, 
okay, he's definitely here to learn things from me. Even though they may have never thought prior to that point that they were a model or could be a mentor, they kind of figure it out. And as the mentee, you shouldn't worry that you're not giving anything to the relationship, that it's a one-way relationship because you are. And one of the things that I always tell people is that there's a pay it forward kind of thing where you need to look for people who might be, you know, six, eight, 10 steps behind you and and help mentor them. But the thing of it is your mentor, whether they're formal or informal, and whether it's for personal or professional, one of the things that they will really do is they will help you break that fear, break through that fear. And I can give you a real quick, another example. I have a professional mentor. His name is Jay. And as I was going out on my own several years ago, he was a successful business person and he was a great person. And he would just say, Rod, go for it. Go for it. Just do it, man. And and you're smiling. And I was smiling the same way, Alan. And I'm like, why does this person who I really hold in high esteem, you know, why is he just telling me to go for it? Okay, I'm going to go for it. And, you know, think of it as jumping in the deep end or whatever. But guess what? I was able to swim. Jay was right. And, you know, and it's because of people like him that I'm successful because I believed in them. They believed in me. I believed in me. Bam, it worked. Yeah. And it is so great to have somebody who can just say, go for it, because it is so difficult to take that first step oftentimes. Well, Rod, tell us how it is that we can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love LinkedIn. So please look me up on LinkedIn. It's Rod as in hot, golden, lightning, Rod. And my last name is Born, kind of like Jason, but without the E. So it's R-O-D-B-O-U-R-N. It's best to reach out to me that way. You can also get me through my email and phone number, which is on LinkedIn. Okay. Well, great. That is wonderful. So uh, we got time for just one more quick, quick question here. And that is, what was your most difficult setback in life? And how did you come through that time? And what was your big lesson from that? The first thing that jumped into my mind was um, been in lots of interesting employment situations. And there was a time when I lost my job and you know I was let go. I felt really down about it. I felt as though I was a failure. And I realized after several good friends had talked to me that I was in a really sick, dysfunctional organization. And the reason that I was let go was because I kept pushing to try to make it better. And there were lots of people around me who just were very mean-spirited, poor managers, directors, and executive director. It's not to say that I wasn't at fault for anything, but it was really difficult for for me to overcome being fired. But I look back on that now, and for however much I was right or wrong, they were right or wrong, I am a much better, stronger person with a lot of knowledge because that happened to me. And it has made me who I am today. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of what I do. And Alan, I think it's that old adage is if you don't lose, you don't learn. And I lost a lot. I lost, obviously, my job, my income, but I lost a lot of face. But again, it's surrounding yourself with people who who love you, who you want to be like. And when they tell you it's actually good, Rod, because you were in a very sick fishbowl and now you're out and now you can go be yourself. It's really reaffirming as to who you are, Alan. 
Yes. Well, thanks for sharing that, Rod. Those major setbacks like that are difficult to deal with, I think, because they we feel so bad about ourselves. We take on the shame and we take on the humiliation. And it's difficult to get back on our feet until we can find a way to deal with that shame, humiliation, and embarrassment. And you found mentors, once again, to help you through that. So they are very important. Well, thank you, Enlightened Investors, for being with us today. It has been a pleasure sharing these moments with Rod. I've enjoyed it. I'm sure you have too. So thank you so much, Rod, for being with us. Alan, my pleasure. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you and this opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com. 